This is the Gambling Gauchos. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. The Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson. The Graphic King. We are here in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. You can find a Cardinals in Plano or Lubbock, Texas, live in person or online, mycardinalsports.com. We had an incredible tailgate with them this weekend. Thank you so much to Barnett, Howard, and Williams. It's free footballs for the kids, for the people. Family podcast. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, also to uh, Cardinals and Rojino, Rojino rave reviews. I had one pair of gentlemen, uh, actually multiple people, I, like five or six people. Like, hey, we hear y'all talk about Rojino all the time, but like you're you're their sponsors, and so it's like, okay, we we thought it'd be all right, but you just were overplaying it. No, it's legit. Everything we say is true. We only work with sponsors we love. Rojino Barbecue is a top barbecue joint in the world. I was going to say almost the exact same thing because multiple people at the tailgate were like, so, you know, do you have any recommendations? Do you have anything good? I was like, have you listened to the podcast? It's all good. Like I've, I've said multiple times, you can't miss there. It just depends on what you're in the mood for. You know, get brisket, ribs, turkey, baked potato, whatever you want. I've never had anything there. I was like, yeah, that was okay. Like Everything I've tasted, I'm like, I wish, wish I could order six of that, but... I had the burn-ins this weekend. Very good. I, I might have so uncovered good. something special. I got my favorite, the cheddar jalapeno sausage Yeah, with the leftovers. After the tech game, I went and got fajitas from Rosa's, and I had leftover rice and tortillas. Threw the sausage on the tortilla with some rice. Outstanding. So that's another – it's a rookie mistake with Rahino because sometimes they're hard to – you know, sometimes they're in one location one day, and then they take the truck somewhere else or – you don't want to drive out to Holton two days in a row. Load up, man. Get three or four meals and do what I did because you're not going to beat the leftovers either. Oh, yeah. Some questions early. Uh, first of all, comment. Nice nice shirt. Go Roos. Roo crew, baby. Uh, collegiate athlete Kyle Jacobson. Yeah, 0 and 10. Didn't even make the travel squad. Well. <laughs> People are like, oh, you, you played college football? I'm like, well. We don't need to. I was on we, the team. We don't need to say anything else. Played college football is a little bit of a stretch. You played college football. I, I was on the team. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like I was on the team in high school. I didn't do much, but uh, someone also asking the hat of the day. Uh, it's a, I think a bear claw. I don't know. From Cardinals, three dollars at the sidewalk sale. Yeah. I think it's a Dallas area team. I think they got a shipment in from Plano to put out at the. I I don't. I really don't know who it is. It's probably one of their like local high schools or something. Yeah, from their- it's a bearish claw. Would you say it's a bear claw? I yeah. can't even tell. You know what it probably is. Um, there's an there's an orange Bearcats team somewhere in there. Um, well, Garland or Rowlett or one of those. Oh, maybe I'll check that. Heath, Rockwall. I I don't know. Rockwall Heath. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're together. I don't know. Anyways, this is week one opening lines. Kind of a recap of the weekend. If you missed it, we recapped the Big 12 last night. Gauchos After Dark, it is live where you get your podcast. You can go back to listen to that one and come back here or just listen to this one, then that one. Uh, We skipped a bunch of tech recap in that audio, so let's do that first. Um, How do we want to do it? First impressions? First impressions from Joey McGuire. First impressions from Kitley and DeRuiter. What do you think? First impression overall, very good. First time out of the gates, I guess you never know what you're going to get. Um, all in all, it, there were things you can nitpick, and we'll get into that. But all in all, to put away an FCS opponent that you should beat 63-10, to 10, it was not a contest after the first quarter, and that's the way it should be in these types of games. That was nice to see. I think it was well said. I don't remember if I saw this on Twitter or on a message board, but they said you can't tell if you're good after playing an FCS team but you can tell if you're bad or have some really glaring deficiencies. Yes. And I felt like you avoided that type of performance, unlike the Central Arkansas, the SFA, the Houston Baptist games that we've seen in recent memory. And I think that's all you can ask for in a game like this is to avoid that type of performance. Yeah, you can look at the Central Arkansas game and say, wow, 2014 Texas Tech is not going to be very good. Right. You can look at Houston Baptist and say, wow, this might be a slog this year. But you certainly can't say you're going to go undefeated now <laughs> because you hammered Murray State. Uh, much more positive feelings, I think, in the non-con compared to what they did and what you did. But again, high on UTSA, and Houston struggled. I think uh, NC State opening on the road in a regional uh, atmosphere tough place to play so i wouldn't just say hey three and oh is expected now but opens as a pick em against houston and you're looking at let's get back to murray state just a little bit my opening feelings i got numerous texts from people on the field people in the tunnel uh my photographer down there uh a guy sitting in the fifth row on the west side that joey mcguire is absolutely electric that his atmosphere is legitimate and rubs off on the team. Um, somebody around the tunnel texted me that uh, there was a, a pregame pump-up speech with Joey and the coaches. They'd never seen that before. Uh, another guy texted me that a member of the athletic department uh, went into the locker room just to hear the pregame speech He'd never done that before. So, uh, all accounts, Joey McGuire, energy, otherwise legit. 
Zach Kitley's offense, what do you think about the flea flicker from his own end zone to open the game? Or at least their their offense? So my, my wife actually asked me a very pertinent question during the game. She said, do, do teams ever, in a game like this, do they put something on film to throw off their opponents? And I said, yeah, it's kinda, it kind of goes both ways. Versus an opponent like this, you probably don't want to show your hand at a lot of stuff that you're going to need versus a team like Houston or NC State. I said, but you also put stuff out there that you make them think, well, we have to prepare for this. Yeah. So you saw a swinging gate formation on one of the extra points. Probably not ever going to use that, but you're forcing the other team to spend five minutes on it during practice, during special teams. And so doing a flea flicker out of the gates, you're like, as soon as you start thinking about, well, they might run a double reverse pass right here. or yeah. You know, it's, it's good to get it out there. You know, I don't think that was a play that they felt like they had to save for a close game. Obviously, no. otherwise they wouldn't have run it. The first There's play. some other ones they've gotten. If that's right. the first play, they've got some better ones in the chamber. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was cool to come out aggressive. Yeah, I think the crowd loved it. Twitter loved it. I don't think you should always call the plays based on what Twitter is going to like. But no. but yeah, it no. kept it you know fun, and it was quite the way to come out of the gates and make a first impression. I worked on a little. Um, uh, I don't know. The ski, I like the scheme. Let's say that. I liked working in the middle of the field. Um, I thought Tyler Shuck looked good early, especially on the first drive. Um, you scored quick. You worked quick. You had the tempo. In, a, in an atmosphere where you're playing a better offense, you probably don't want to always go that quick. Um, it's not complimentary, per se. But... If you can score on eight straight drives, you'll be in the game. You might not be leading, but you'll be in the game. Um, only complaints I have from week one, and I do want to ask you some some stadium questions because I wasn't out amongst the people I was in the press box, but um, the secondary who told us that they were going to be the best secondary ever for Texas Tech did not look that way. Uh, Adrian Fry leaving the game, not returning with a, a thigh contusion. Um, but that first quarterback, I mean, they would have scored 20 if he'd stayed in the game, probably 17 at least. So a little worrisome that they, the DBs looked completely lost on deep balls and couldn't find the ball. Maybe the lights were in their eyes. I don't know. Um, a little worrisome, but defensive line looked good. Linebackers look good. They struggled to run the ball. Um, and the backup was one for seven in the second half. And you shut them down in the second half, but it is what it is early. You, you only allowed 10 points, but if you're nitpicking here, secondary did not look good. Yeah, if, if you were just looking at it in terms of how many points did you allow, had Murray State taken the points going into the half, that's 13. Their quarterback would have been healthy for the second half. You could easily see them getting to 20, 23, 27, something like that. Yeah. Which isn't a stellar performance. I will say, I've kind of got two thoughts on it, I guess. One is the glass half full. The other is the glass half empty. Glass half full, that quarterback was legit. Yeah. So it, I think it's an oversimplification to just say, oh, it's an FCS team. They shouldn't be able to do that. I know what my eyes told me, and that kid could run. He could throw. He is an athletic quarterback. Um, so is Clayton Toon. Yeah. Um I also think that some some of those plays were just – I think Murray State made the play, but it was a low percentage play where you're like, okay, if it's scramble around, heave it 50 yards, 
and make the catch in coverage, that's not going to work 70% of the time. So on that front, I think it'll sort of even itself out to some extent. But it was a concern to repeatedly see them behind the coverage deep. Even on some of those that they didn't complete, you're like, okay, why is there a guy 40 yards downfield beyond you know our deepest defender? I also think it's sort of a byproduct of Deruder's system. It's it's an aggressive system, and you saw it pay off with a lot of sacks, tackles for loss. But the downside of that is if the offensive line does pick it up, then there's going to be a lot of guys in single coverage down the field, and you know you kind of take the good with the bad on that front. Uh, to me, I, I would take that over rushing three, never getting pressure, and then you know giving the quarterback six seconds to find a guy while eight drop in coverage. But yeah, overall, it was disappointing to see the inability of the DBs to seemingly get their heads around, make a play on the ball. And I think something that hasn't been talked about enough was the lack of takeaways. That was such a focal point all offseason. Take three, take three, take three. To not force a single turnover at home against an FCS school against their backup quarterback for half the game was a disappointment. For as much good as there was, that was probably the glaring disappointment for me. Yes. And and you were close. There was a couple times where their quarterback was trying to throw it under duress where he easily could have fumbled. And had he, it might have been a scoop and score. But that's not how it unfolded. So, again, is that the kind of deal where it's going to even out if you can keep getting to the quarterback that frequently? Or, but I, And I'm sure this is top of mind for the coaching staff as well. Like, if that's such a big part of your defensive identity and you go out there and don't force a single turnover, I'm sure that's going to be the point of emphasis this week. And we know Clayton Toon can turn the ball over. He certainly did last year against Texas Tech. Um, I'll be I mean, Murray State was getting whatever they wanted on the first two drives, really. Um, well, in the first four downs on the first drive, and then they had the pretty good field goal drive, and then they had the touchdown drive. Um, I wouldn't say get whatever they wanted, but they were running the ball at a pretty good clip early. And I said before in the preview that I thought the offense would out overpower, overmatch the defense, and I thought Tim DeRuiter's defense is going to take some time for this unit to get into, and it certainly looked like that. Hopefully it doesn't – I mean, would you would you be mad at a 69-49 Houston-Texas Tech like the last time they were in Lubbock? No, I, I would take that I, I right now. You know, I, I would have been disappointed at beating Murray State 65-35, mm-hmm. to 35, but after you get into FBS play, Big 12 play – if that's yeah, if that's the style it takes, so be it. it it's not necessarily my number one preference, but no. at this point, just win. You you never complain about Big Twelve home wins, never. And and Houston would be a Big Twelve home win, right? <laughs> I want to circle back on one more thing you said in okay. terms of the tempo and pace at which the offense was playing. Nine touchdown drives, seven of them were less than two minutes. I'm going to rattle off how long each touchdown drive took. Okay, a minute twenty, a minute seven. 254, 16 seconds. That was a one-play, one-throw drive. Yeah. Uh, 301, that was your longest touchdown drive of the, of the game. Minute 59, 212, 59 seconds, 27 seconds. Strong. Quick strike. I will be really interested in the Houston defense. Um, did Zach Kitley just mystify Murray State because you saw a lot of wide-open receivers break coverage? Was that by design, or was Murray State just that clueless? Uh, I would, lo- I, I want to say that those were well-designed plays and route trees 
that got receivers open. Um, if not, you, you shined against Murray State and you did what you should have done. I think that is part of Kitley's play design is to – We start the, with Cliff. Is to give the defense a lot of eye candy. Yeah, I saw a lot of switching the running back from whatever side he was protecting the quarterback right before the snap, and that does sort of impact some of the coverage assignments. There's a lot of motion. One time they had Henry Teeter out wide. And so the, I think there's things like that. I saw formations where the tight end and all three receivers were on the same side of the ball. Also some five wide with actual five receivers in mm-hmm. there. So I do think that's part of it is to always give a different look, um, put some pre, pre-snap motion, and hope that you can kind of confuse them into a, a lapse mentally on the defense. Overall, um, good atmosphere. I liked what Texas Tech did, m- mostly. Some blown coverages, but hey, let's get into a few games before we just start making judgments on that. Um. Now, week one last year at home was a travesty in the concourse. Um, They were half-staffed and everything was sold out, and I did not see a lot of comments like that. There were a few negative comments, but I think mostly on Facebook. Well. And you know Facebook people. It comes with the territory. Yeah. Uh, We had a few people in our Gouchers After Dark episode talking about the student section. I thought the student section was great. Um, Good. I thought there's there's room for improvement. I thought the student section was good early. Um, the east side was full-ish uh, midway through the first quarter, which is just kind of what happens in Lubbock. Everybody's still trailing in from the from the tailgate. Um, but the crowd for Murray State gives me hope that if you beat Houston, Texas will be sold out, and I think the Houston crowd will be better than the Murray State crowd. Yeah, I think it absolutely will be. I I got to tell you, Rob, I think that we've sort of fallen victim to low expectations. Well, yes. Because people are like, the student section, I've never seen it like that before. It's yeah. great. And I, 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 I corrected myself there, yeah. Well, and not just you, in our spaces last night as well. From my vantage point, east side 45-yard line, I'm looking at the southwest corner. It's entirely empty besides the front row. and so Okay, I couldn't see that corner This wasn't, from my vantage point. This wasn't during a super great time in – tech football but like in 2012 when i was a student even for new mexico you know, the student section was full and so for it to not even be full and people being like well that was outstanding i'm kind of like you know what there's not only could it be fuller it could always be you know louder and more energetic like at the uh, supermarkets arena so yeah. I, I and i think that'll pick up as you start to play better opponents big 12 opponents but I do think that's sort of one of the key pieces that's been missing is just the electric atmosphere. Some of that is crowd. Some of it is just game day operations. And I noted this in the spaces. There's no more kiss cam. There's no more fan dance cam, karaoke cam, Simba cam. A little Uh, more business. It seemed like a lot fewer, you know, and and here's the 30-second timeout sponsored by. There were fewer just breaks. Like it was almost like they were trying to distract you from the game, which should not be the point. Right. Um, and more like, okay, let's play some hype music in between timeouts and everything to keep people into it, keep the team into it. And I love that approach. There was still plenty of music, but I did feel like there was less music in general and a little more band, which I've been begging for for about five years now. I'll say another thing about the music. Uh huh. In the past. I think the guy picking the music, whoever that was, was mostly picking it for him and his friends. 
a lot of 80s rock yeah. music, which uh-huh. is fine. It's not what the 21-year-old players on the sideline get hyped for. Right. Like, yeah, we all wish that we had Jesse's girl, but like on third and long, that's not what is going to get the people juiced. No, or, or do uh, do we play Hell's Bells? I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember the Hell's Bells. I don't remember that. I uh, there was a purge siren early, even though there weren't yeah. takeaways. Now the intro video is its journey. So there's an '80s play there. I, right. You Which said I you love. think is a Stranger Things. And I thought that yeah, was well Yeah, a little done. bit of a Stranger Things vibe, yeah. But I don't want separate ways playing in the middle of the third quarter no, like no, no, trying no, to get no, the no. team pumped. So I, I thought it was a vast improvement in, in that respect. And I did think the music was still a little bit behind, but from the 80s, they went to like the 2010s. Um, so I think you're a little bit closer. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. I was like, yeah, the people in the student section were five when this song came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a little this, bit. I was like, this is a throwback closer, though. for them. Closer you know? though. No, and they, and they were into it, but yeah. I'm just saying, I was like, they're not into this because it came out when they were in high school. They're into right. it because, like, they discovered this on YouTube or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a little, it's a little similar to Group Love. I mean, I think that's yeah. just a little bit past what, uh, what these college students are listening to. But, hey, you're also booking those for alums, right? Yeah. A, a lot of people my age loved the Group Love angle. Everything okay over there? Operations well, I mean, your, wise? Your, your, your headlight went out. I was trying to do some, some mood lighting for you. Oh, there you go. There we go. I need to look good on, on the stream here. Yeah, we're streaming. If you want to get on the stream, patreon.com slash gauchos. Shout out to our friends at Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. They're a Red Raider owned and operated family business here in the Lubbock area. They can help your business get the cash it needs to operate. Rob, we haven't addressed the elephant in the room, which is that QB1 went down with a shoulder injury, an apparent shoulder injury, maybe collarbone. Don't want to speculate on that too much because I don't think there's been official word. The only thing I saw was Joey said, we're going to get an X-ray, MRI, see if it's an AC or a collarbone. They did get an X-ray. Okay. But Joey said they couldn't tell after the X-ray. Okay. So... He's, he made it sound like depending on those results, it could be like four to eight weeks, depending on the severity and which type of injury. Either way, it appears very likely that Donovan Smith will be your quarterback at least through the bye week, which would cover Houston at NC State, home against Texas, and then on the road in Stillwater and Manhattan. That'd be the next five weeks. Uh-huh. And then the bye week would be week six. If Shuck were able to return on a seven-week timetable, maybe he could come back after that, but... Also, that's a lot of opportunity to Don- for Donovan to just win the job. If Tyler Shuck is out four or more weeks, he should not start again. I think that's true because the only – so if you're doing really good, yeah. you stick with Donovan. If you're doing really bad, you build for the future and it's still – You put in Barron. It's either Donovan or Barron at yeah. that point. I mean, there, there's no reason to put – look, I'm glad Tyler Shuck came back. I think that was a great move for him. Um. But he's, if he misses this season, he's not going to play at Texas Tech next year. And I feel bad for him. Like I do. I know everybody has their opinion on who Tough should have been move, the starting man, quarterback, but, but for him to work as hard as he did this offseason, win the job again, yeah, to go out after three drives, I, just, I feel horrible for and, him. And two and a half touchdown drives. And, and he looked great. You know, He looked like what you wanted, exactly what you wanted to see out there from QB1. And it, He looked good. Yeah. 
say great, but he made one of the he made his best throw in a tech uniform over the linebacker. I'm not even middle of the about, field. I'm not talking about that one. Oh, which one are you talking about? After the shoulder injury, he kind of escapes oh, some pressure yeah. to his left, throws a dart to Nehemiah Martinez right down the seam. I think so. And he did that with a, apparently a, an AC joint or a collarbone. Yeah. So I, w- I was excited with what I saw from Shuck. I was wanting to see more. That said, Donovan came in. Donovan also looked good. Didn't miss a beat. So, And, and that's the great yeah. thing about having depth at the quarterback position. You have two guys that have both started Power 5 games before. I still want to see Baron Wharton get action um, with the starters. But look, at this point, Donovan starting against Houston, I don't think that's a question. Yeah, I think he's your starter unquestioned through the bye week. And I, I think uh, otherwise there's merits and discussions to be had uh, about Donovan and Baron Morton. Um, but unless Donovan comes out and has a game like Oklahoma State, he's going to be playing the next few weeks. I think you probably have a quicker leash for Donovan if he comes out in airmail 17 straight deep balls. I also don't expect Zach Kitley to call 17 straight deep balls if he's missing them. Hashtag Sunny Cumby forever, but good grief. That was a poorly called game. And I wonder poorly executed. Wonder too how much Kitley's play calling strategy changes now. I mean you saw a speed option, but you had a, a what looked like a called draw for Tyler Shuck. Mm-hmm. Um and I will not complain one bit about that. If you were the starting quarterback in week one, you have to have one running play. That you can execute, especially if you're 6'5", 220. Like, you have to have that in your game. Yeah, there's... And if you, if you can, if, you, if you're not able to do that, next man up. I think it's a dumb criticism to say that they shouldn't have called a run play. It's also... Like, it's, it, it's football. It's not, it's not Alan Bowman coming back in the same season from a exploded spleen and lung... And then running a an option against Oklahoma, that's not the same. This is a full off season of healing. You have to be able to run that. It's football. It's football. He's and, and I would get it, okay, Drew Brees, 5'10, 190, maybe you don't want him running. The whole upside to Tyler Shuck is that he's huge and athletic and mobile. Do you have any idea how hard it would be to coach a player and say Go out there, give it your best, dude. You know you need to make all these reads, but make sure you don't get a finger laid on you. But always get rid of the ball, yeah. Like, no, that you can't hamper a guy that way. He now, to, Nick Shimanek did that and uh, threw four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. But and maybe Shuck should have slid. Maybe he should have tried to get out of bounds. I mean, he caught. He got caught from behind. He can't. You can't slide if you're getting caught from behind. Well, he could have slid earlier, like get the first down and get down. Uh, yes, yeah, true. But at the end of the day, it's football. If you're going to be the starting quarterback for. 13 games, you're going to run 1,200 plays as a starting court. You're going to get hit, and like at some point, it's a luck factor, and some guys get hurt, and that's unfortunate, but you cannot call a game and just say, well, you know, as long as our quarterback doesn't get touched at all, then everything will go fine. That's not how the game of football works. And if anything, Donovan Smith has proven uh, toughness and durability. Yeah, I think so. All right, opening lines for the Big 12. Are you done with Texas Tech? Before we get there, I just okay. wanted to review some of our prop bets. Okay, yeah, let's picked. do that. So we had first touchdown. I don't remember who we said. You had Teeter. I had Teeter for a reception touchdown, which obviously I think, didn't pan out. Did I have Donovan or 
maybe Tosh Brooks. Neither neither cashed. Well, we had Tosh for first rushing touchdown, I think. Is that what it was? More yards, shucker the field. Um, yeah. The field, field. obviously. I think I was a field guy. Uh, more rushing yards, Taj or Sir Roderick? The guy, Taj. It was 50 to 48 in favor of Taj, so very close. Also, three touchdowns to one receiving touchdown. Yeah. And I liked that it was pretty much exactly yeah. equal. Um, I'm, I'll be curious how far into the season that will continue. I, I kind of hope it does at least until you get to Big 12 play, I think. Unless one guy just really stands out. But, I mean, to me, I think they're both starting caliber running backs. Yes. Probably with slightly different strengths and weaknesses. I, uh-huh. I would like to see them both get even run. Leading receiver, Miles Price or someone else. He actually wasn't very involved. No. Uh, well, no. He wasn't. You'd like to see that uh, more involvement, but... Hey, if these guys are getting it to Fungi and Bradley, you're not really complaining much. Yeah, and, and those are the guys that have more to prove and more to learn. Yeah. You know, Miles Price has proven he can go off in a Power 5 game, so that doesn't worry me. I think they'll get him more involved as the schedule goes on. Leading tackler, you nailed this one. I think you had Krishan Merriweather, and he was, in fact, the leading tackler with seven. Tyree Wilson right behind him was six. In the College Togate show, um, Spencer... Rogers from 23 Personnel Podcast put the line at seven for Creshawn. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> nailed, nailed it. it. We got an expert handicapper. And I was like, oh, way over 10. Like, and he's <laughs> like, no, it's a seven. And then it was. Turnover margin over under two and a half in favor of Texas Tech. And of course, that was zero to zero, actually. Yep. Uh, one to zero. Barron threw a pick. Did he? He fumbled, but he recovered it. I remembered that. Did he not? Oh, uh, maybe he didn't. If he threw a pick, I I missed it. Maybe. Uh, either way, you did not get one. Thought the O line looked good. No sacks. Uh, one quarterback hurry, which I think was when Barron was in. That was not the starting offensive line, right? And some interesting remarks after the game. Joey was talking about the starting O line. He said, and also Jacoby Jackson should be in that group. Yeah. So I think he feels like he has six starting offensive linemen. Yes. Which is good. Um, and I'd, I'd noticed Jacoby Jackson getting some run at various points during the game. So, um, outside receivers played well. I think that was one of the biggest question marks just because you had almost no returning production there. Fungi and Jaron Bradley running with the ones. Sparkman Cleveland with the twos. Overall, yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody involved with the passing offense had a great game, so no complaints there. And we already touched on this, but my, my last note was that the DBs need some work. And, and I don't even think I mean in terms of assignment they were there they just didn't make a play on the ball yes. a lot of the time yeah so. that, again the 50-50 balls weren't much 50-50 with the tech dbs and that's not good correct um so opening lines for week two a lot of great big 12 games on the slate great week it's, it, we're going to learn a lot about a good majority of the conference this week there's there's some good games next week but this is the best non-con week for the big 12 and a big 12 game uh, so let's go to it. We have uh, uh, multiple Big 12 games. If, well, te- if Tech Houston counts and Baylor, BYU true, counts, true. and you've got Kansas, West Virginia. True. Yeah, yeah, you have three. I was just counting the Kansas, West Virginia. But If we're doing it that yeah, way, then, three. then one of these is actually an SEC game, Texas versus Alabama. So, okay, you've got the Circa Sports opening lines. Yes. I'm just going to compare notes with the action consensus lines because there is a bit of a discrepancy on some well, of these. When a lot of those were um, preseason. Okay. The action consensus, a lot of books put out the first two weeks before okay. the season. Okay. I'm just going to review it while we're doing those just for Perfect. 
just to kind of see where they line up. All right, so Arizona State, Oklahoma State, both 1-0. Arizona State hammered Northern Arizona, I think. Um, new quarterback there at Arizona State. Arizona State's former quarterback, Jaden Daniels, playing with LSU tonight. And I do have uh, LSU money line on that one, I believe. I need to go back and look. Or for minus three and a half Sunday maybe. night and Monday night's picks. I didn't. I was yeah. just like, I don't need to get through Saturday, but yeah. Um, minus ten, Oklahoma State total fifty eight and a half. Probably and leaning Oklahoma State early. It's in Stillwater. In Stillwater, Arizona State not very good. I don't think. Yeah, I'm probably leaning Oklahoma State. It's twelve and a half in action, but like you said, that might have been a preseason yeah. line. Kansas West Virginia opens at minus fourteen. The total fifty four and a half. Hammer the over. That sounds like an over. Um. Lean Kansas? 14 is big. Again, if you bet Kansas opponent to cover plus the over, the trends, you get money. I'll have to I'll have to dig into that one a little bit. I don't think I have a lean this early on the on the spread. I I would not bet that opening line. There are a few opening lines I would hammer. I would not bet that opening line. Yeah, I'm gonna wait and see how that goes. Uh it's 13 in action. So pretty close. But also could be a, a meaningful difference. Mizzou, Kansas State in Manhattan minus eight. Kansas State. I would I would sprinkle that one today. Uh, but I also want to wait and see if that move if some Missouri fans get in there and it moves past the touchdown. Then I would hammer it. If you could get to six and a half or something. Oh yeah. I, I mean I think Kansas State will win by ten, but the total there fifty four and a half. Yeah, that's another one I'm going to wait on. I don't I don't have a a lock on that. BYU-Baylor um, did not open at Circa, but there is a line, I believe, consensus in action. Yes. In the action app, it shows Baylor plus one and a half with the total 51 and a half. Seems like a pretty low total, but also I think just sh- showing respect to the defenses with both of these yeah. programs. BYU obliterated South Florida in the opener in Tampa. Hammered. Went all the way across the country and... Looked good week one. And, and I, you know, I said Utah and BYU might both struggle a little bit. BYU, obviously, I thought would cover. I picked Florida to win. Um, Utah struggled. BYU did not. No, they looked good. And, and this is going to be a top 25 matchup. BYU's 25 last week. Can't imagine they would fall out after a solid performance. What's the line? Action consensus is showing Baylor plus one and a half. So very close. It's on the road in Provo. I don't. I can't remember if we mentioned that. Yeah, I'd be in on BYU to three and a half. Yeah, I think right now I'm going to wait for the money line to post. I might just do BYU money line. That might be like minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. Yeah, if you get that close, I I think BYU will win. But hey, Baylor, this, no idea what Albany is, but this could be a great good game. Grief. This could be a great game. I'm. This is probably the game of the week if I'm taking off my scarlet and black tinted glasses. Preseason expectations to now, Baylor looks like the Big 12 favorite just through week one. And again, Albany. Hard to argue, though. I think I had Baylor at plus 550 to win the conference preseason. Yeah. So. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, total 41 and a half, and I might take the under. <laughs> uh, Iowa State plus three, and I also like Iowa State plus three here. Um, did you see much of the Iowa game? No, you at I, least saw the box score, right? Yes, I saw the seven box to score, three, but no touchdown. No touchdown. Two safeties. 
Three two two. I wish they wouldn't have kicked the field goal and won the game four to three. That would. Oh, that would have been. That's beautiful. the most Iowa. Yeah. Final score. I mean, it's already was. a baseball score at seven to three, but four to three would have been. I wonder if that's Scorigami. I wonder if there's ever been a four to three finish. I saw that. What game was Scorigami? Oh, uh, North Carolina App State. Was it uh, 60? What a bad beat. What was the final on that one? 63 61 or something? Yeah, and they and they scored like they scored 20 in the fourth quarter. They scored six touchdowns in the second half and lost, or fourth quarter and lost. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, uh, I think it's wise to not bet on the Seahawk game just from history. Certainly. Just don't touch it. Certainly. And I'll but make a early pick. Early, I'm, I'm leaning Iowa State plus three. I'll see where the line moves. I'm not going to bet that today. Yeah, I'll I'll come up with a pick, but I, I'm going to hate it no matter what I go with. Do like the under there. I hope that under gets bought up to 45 because then I would really hammer it. The uh, Kent State Golden Flashes. Uh-huh. Coach or offensive coordinator, Andrew Sowers. Sowder. Sowder? Uh, I think Sowder. Uh, you're right. Shallow Water's Finest. Yep. Well. Well, besides. <laughs> besides Cole Roberts. Besides Cole Roberts. Yeah, and diversified yeah. lenders, yeah. Shout out to our sponsors. Um, what was the spread from uh, Circa? Uh, minus 29, Oklahoma. And I, I need to go back and look at Kent State. I think Kent State um, played a Power 5 opponent this week, too. I can't remember. 70 and a half, the total. It's and te- I, I might take them both. It's tempting to take the over on that. Yeah. Because that is Souders' identity. It's, he's Bryles' style offense. Yeah. If they get some garbage time points or even semi-competitive in the first three quarters, if OU puts up their... 45, 49, whatever they're going to get to. It, yep. it could happen. Uh, UT plus 18 against Alabama, 59 and a half. Roll tide. Roll damn tide. Yeah, I agree. Roll tide. I I wonder what the first – I'm probably going to hammer Bama on the first half because I think they're going to come out of the gates. Yes. It might be one of those things where they let off the gas after it's 42 to 10. Does the Arkansas beatdown last year help Texas – Get a little wake up call for this year? No. Quinn Ewers 0 for 2 with a pick to start. Um, They did not score a bunch of points or look particularly sharp against UL Monroe. I haven't seen any of the game, haven't looked at the box score. I'm going strictly off of Alabama wants to make a statement in Austin. Yeah. And because Texas spent the offseason bitching and moaning about, oh, it's going to be so hot at 11 a.m. It's like, dude, you're playing Alabama in a game of football. Yeah. Who cares what the weather is? Well, the fans were upset. Were players upset, too? Coaches? I don't know. It's 11 a.m. The vibe around that program. Like, get over it. Yeah. By the way, this is what you wanted, right? You wanted maximum TV dollars. Yeah. You sold out everything for that. Sorry, that comes with an 11 a.m. slot on Fox. That's how this works. Good luck. Final game of the week. uh, Texas Tech hosting Houston. Opens as a pick'em. A little bit surprised. Well, it opens as a pick'em at Circa. At Circa fan, fan duel. I've seen it four and a half in Houston's favor, and I've seen it four and a half in Tech's favor. So the preseason line was five. That's where it opened. Uh, bought down to four and a half already in, in some of those books on action. Fan duel today opens up as Houston favorites. Uh, and then the, the Circa book opens as a pick'em over under 68 and a half. Uh, give me the over. I'll probably lock that in today. Yes. Um, but I'll wait for a line to develop. Before, I mean, I'll probably beat that closing line. 
I'm probably taking tech up to minus six. If I could see anything minus five and a half or better in yeah. tech's favor or, or more valuable in tech's favor, um, I'm all over that. I, th- I think I've made my case here that I'm just not high on Houston. The atmosphere is going to be good. The atmosphere is good for Murray State. If you come out quick, especially on offense, you could get up early and hopefully just never look back. And, you know, we'll see where the money lines are and everything when those get out. But, yeah, I like the over as well at 68 and a half. Um, oh, I did notice, I looked at FPI this morning. Preseason, I'll find it. Currently, you're at a 65% chance to beat Houston. Which went up this week. It went up. I'm going to try to find the exact number it went up from. But it just, again, does not square with the national narrative around this game. No. Everybody's framing it as this is going to be a tough game for Tech to win. They're coming to our house. Yep. They should be underdogs. Circo has them as a pick That's a free money glitch. And yep. F- FPI and probably some other analytics I haven't had a chance to look at yet basically have Tech as a 2-1 to one favorite to win straight up. If this game blinks uh, as a Houston favorite on action, all over it. Yeah, I'll ha- I'll hammer any line. If it if it blinks at two and a half and then to three and a half, I'll bet it every time. Give me every single line. Uh, Texas Tech will win this game. You were fifty six percent to beat Houston preseason, so nine percent bigger this this week. And they just beat UTSA, but this. These types of metrics look into more than that. They look into kind of like detailed box scores per drive, per play type statistics. And your showing against an FCS opponent was more impressive than their win over UTSA when looking at those types of metrics, apparently. I want to say something I've never said before, but I feel in my plums is right. College football should go to NFL style overtime. I loved college overtime. When it was, let hey, let's. I don't care if it goes to eight overtimes. We're getting a winner. You both get a shot from the twenty-five, but you have one regular overtime period in the new college football rules. In the second overtime period, you have to go for two. In the third overtime period, it's just a two-point conversion off. Don't want it. Don't like it. The only thing that bothers me about the college football overtime format is you start in field goal range. And I always thought that prolonged it because even if neither offense is moving, they just they get three points or at least have a very decent attempt at three points. Yeah. Back it up to the 40 and make it to where they at least have to get one first down to be within like at least a 50-yard field goal. I think that would have avoided those eight overtime games that ultimately made them switch to this two-point conversion off, which is a bad system. You know, if you want to do that after four overtimes, fine, but two is not enough. I mean, back it up to the other 25. Make them go the full field. I've always had the perfect overtime format, and nobody's adopted it. Okay, hit me. Coin toss, winner gets the ball at the 50. They run one play. Wherever that play is stopped, the other offense comes out and runs one play in the opposite direction. Yeah, I've seen this in Madden. And then whoever scores, scores. That would take forever. It might not. You hit one. No, no, no. Just like running the offenses back on the field and the, the defense is out on the field. and You hit yeah. one deep shot and you're in field goal range. And then if you can stop your opponent from gaining more than three or four yards on their next play, then you line up the field. It could be a three-play overtime. Hey, that sounds really fun. And also... Just a little logistics issues, I think. Okay, but did the seven-overtime game in Baton Rouge a few years ago, did that not also take forever? Yeah, and that's why they ruined college football overtime. 
because of one game. The game's already four hours. Is, is anybody concerned at how long these games are going on? Apparently, for? because that they're changing rules because of it. I don't know. All right, Kyle, do we have any uh, Discord mailbag questions before we uh, get out of here? Yeah, we sure do, Rob, and we wouldn't want to skip over those before we get out of here. Oh, we never would. No. Yeah, we would never forget a a Discord mailbag. And then come back and splice it into the episode. That's certainly not. Like, it's we're live on Twitch with our Patreon subscribers. They wouldn't want to miss it. That's so clearly not what we're doing right here. Okay, Uh, the first one, I'm backing up a little bit to Friday night, I guess when Kansas State blew out Tennessee Tech. Is there a path for 6-6 six and six KU this year? The, the path is them going 3-0 and oh in non-con. Uh, no, there's no path. They're not going to win six games. Right? They're good. They're better. They're improved. Jalen Daniels, I think, is very good. Jalen is a better quarterback than JT in the Daniels Bowl this weekend. But mm, that's tough. That is tough. Is no, the, is, no. Is there a path? Well, there's 12 games on the schedule. There's a path, yes. Straight is the gate and narrow the way. Yeah. It's possible. Like you said, they'd have to beat Duke, who beat Temple 30-0. to zero. I'm not saying Duke is good, but... They were like in that conversation for are they the worst team in the Power Five? Probably not if they can do that. Right. But also, could they beat West Virginia in conference play before they even round out the non-con? Like, could they get to three and one? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If Kansas starts two and zero, oh, the path elongates and is much less narrow. So, so talk to me next Sunday. Yeah, I'd still put it at less than 10%. And for me to do a bold prediction, it has to be between 10 and 15% type probability. So I'll say no. But yeah, there are 12 games on the schedule. So word to, word to Kevin Garnett, anything's possible. Yeah. If Tech beats number 24, Houston, and number 13, NC State, subject to change, that's noted in the mailbag question. We've gotten some smart parlay picadors here. Will Tech be ranked at 3-0 and heading into the UT game, who is more than likely going to be 2-1? and Yes. They will be ranked. They will be receiving votes. They will be ranked. Uh, let's see where Houston's ranked uh, Monday. I don't think it matters. Okay. Hey, if you want the opportunity to submit a question in the Discord mailbag, Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gamblinggauchos. It's $5 a month, gets you access to this Discord server, plus a whole host of um, exclusive interviews that are not made public, available only to our Patreon subscribers. We've had Matt Mooney, Dusty Womble, Cody Campbell, Sonny Cumbie, Fardaz Amac, others, and we'll keep adding to that as time goes on. A portion of all proceeds go to the Matador Club. I was going to say we'll have Rodney Blackshear this week, but I, I would assume that's just going to go. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, buddy, buddy, buddy. What were your worst beats in week one? Uh, App State was a bad beat for a lot. I, I was not in on that game. Um, let's just go to the games I lost. So few of them. Let me see if I can... Uh, Find him here. A little hard to navigate back. 
the over in UTULM was 64 and a half. They scored 62. Yeah, I had the over. Uh, Oregon was really close to turning that tide early. Uh, were they? <laughs> no. Uh, and then, okay, this was a bad beat. Um, oh, no, it wasn't. You're still off by 10. I was going to say the North Carolina State over was, but that was 51, not 41 and a half. A couple bad beats on my end. I had the UTSA money line plus 155. Yeah. They lost in triple OT, so obviously had their chances there. Also pretty miraculous that they got it to overtime, though, so I guess I shouldn't gripe that much. Yeah. One of our picadors was uh, in on Houston minus four, which is impossible when you go to third overtime. It's not impossible. Yes, it is. You can push. If you intercept the Minus oppos- four? Yeah. If you intercept the opponent's oh. two-point conversion and return it all the way, you could win by four okay. in overtime. Well, but you'd have to have the ball first, get your two points, and then intercept their two point try and return yeah. it all the way. Okay, and even then you only push, so yeah. you can't win, but mm. you, you cannot lose. Okay, you just got Kyle splained. <laughs> One other bad beat: Virginia Tech money line was part of a all chalk money line parlay that I had. Would have paid out plus one twenty one, I believe, and that was the last game I needed. They lost to Old Dominion in brutal fashion. Yeah, I wouldn't really call that a bad beat, just a bad bet. Yeah, a, a bad football team. Yeah. Um, well, and I say bad beat because they were leading for the first 99% of that game. So that one was kind of rough. Virginia Tech was? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. That was No, a- no. Okay, they were trailing uh, 10 to 7 at They one got point. a lead they were leading and for held mo- it for quite a while. They were yes. leading for most of the second half. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I thought ODU's maybe even scored first. But that was part of my Thursday, Friday, all chalk money line parlay. Yeah, that was tough. And then Saturday's hit, and I had three units on that. So Had a, a, a popular um, friend of the program who is a – he's not a parlay picador, but he, he is in, in the betting atmosphere. Kind of bashing our can't-miss parlays and was telling me that he has a better – um, way to bet can't miss parlays that he needed to teach us. I was like, I was like, hey man, it's a bit, but okay, yeah. thank you. We had one parlay picador who I think is a pretty novice sports gambler or picker. I bet he doesn't even gamble. Beautiful. He did like a twelve leg against the spread plus nine thousand. Yeah. He was getting like nine nine hundred twenty seven to one odds on that or something. Pay was like, yeah, plus nine. Yeah. 9,271 yes. or something like that. Beautiful. All in. I'm sure it didn't. I, we never followed up. I'm sure it didn't hit. Yeah, we need to see. You're not ever going to parlay 10 bets against the spread or totals. No. Just don't even do it. Two, sure. Three, even then, probably not. I mean, if you have a dollar in Vegas and you want to just sure. have a fun night, yeah. Uh, pretty much after four, like four and beyond, I would say don't, don't bother. It's just not going to happen. Now, it could happen like once every 80 tries or, you know, whatever. But I'm laughing because we posted the best uniforms in the Big 12. We I don't want to throw you under the bus because yeah. people probably disagree. No, I agree. I Well, Kansas is 10 for me. I, didn't, I don't like all blue. I, I kind of liked it. but so, so, t- some, I would put TCU at two. Okay. I like TCUs. Somebody commented and said, KU giant chicken uniforms are hilarious and not in a good way. And a KU fan response, rent-free. <laughs> So to the point. Was it Leipold Burner? Yeah, it's Leipold's, or Lance Leipold's Alter Ego. Oh, the Alter Ego. At KU Realist. 
pretty good account, honestly. We've come a long way with that guy. He blocked us earlier this summer, yeah. and then he unblocked us. Now he even follows us. So we've we've made inroads there. Okay. <laughs> Anything else from Discord? No. Uh, let me double check. But um, over under six and a half weeks, Chuck is out. Kind of touched on this. Yeah. Over. I mean, I'll take the over because I don't think he's going to play again. Yeah. Like I said, through the bye week would be seven if my math is right. You know, you got one week to Houston, NC State, Texas, Oklahoma State, K-State, bye week, and then your opponent after the bye week. So that's seven weeks. I think that'd be the earliest he comes back. I misread that question earlier and answered it in a different way. Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about there. <laughs> Whoops. Odds on take three actually happening. It'll happen. It will happen this year. Will it happen this Saturday? Mm, it happened the last time you played them. Does your season outlook change with – it happened twice when you played them last year, didn't it? Or maybe five turnovers instead of six, either way. Does your season outlook change with Shuck being out and if by how much? That's what I thought the first Parley Picador was asking. That's why I answered – I look, proud of Tyler Shuck. <laughs> I think your season outlook improves with Donovan and Barron at the helm. There's a reason Shuck won the job, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're better yeah, off without him. Sure. But, but I have a lot of confidence in Donovan. Same. And I've tried to really kind of tie rope how I talked about the quarterback conversation. I'm, I'm not worried about Donovan Smith being the starter. If, if anything, I don't think Donovan is a drop-off from Shuck, even though Shuck won the job. Last one. Heard Robert Geo say next week we'll start the color theme games. Any bets on a wideout versus UH? Number one. If there is a wideout versus the University of Houston, we are going to whiteout Twitter, just like we did during basketball season. The people loved that. So we're going to bring it back. Number two, I think this is the Celebrate Agriculture, Celebrate Cotton game, yep. which has traditionally been the whiteout. Yep. Number three, the throwbacks that are on sale at fanatics.com is a white throwback Under Armour jersey from the Southwest Conference era. That's when you used to play Houston every year. It makes all the sense in the world for this to be a whiteout and tech will wear white. And the gambling gauchos will white out Twitter. I also think that uh, Dana would be more amenable to a uniform discussion because, as petty as Dana is, uh, he's not going to major apple white you and say, oh man, we already have our red uniforms on the truck. We're not going to. I also don't think it's up to him as long as we notify them with a certain amount of time. I think that was the issue last time. Was- so they just faxed him late? Yeah, it was like Wednesday, and they're like, hey, by the way, can we wear white at home? And Houston was like, no, we've already... But I think if you let them know a certain number of days in advance, then it's just... That's why LSU gets to wear white at home every week. Okay, they they just say, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. So, then uh, I would be yeah, heavy odds that that is the case. Yeah, hey, even odds that it'll be a white out? Yeah, absolutely. And if so, Tech will rank a lot higher in my Big 12 uniform rankings next week than oh, they did this yeah. week. I'm trying to think what this, the white Southwest. I guess I have to go look at it on Fanatics. I think it'll be really similar. A bit to, of a spoiler alert, huh? Yeah. Oh, you wore those. You wore them. You wore them against um, Arkansas 2015. Yeah, Are those. I think it'll be something like that. Oh hell yeah! They might have stripes on the jerseys. Yes. It might, might be like a Zebby Lethridge look. Well, that you had the stripes on that one. Well, it was the exact uh, uniform you wore. It was uh, black, white, gray, right? Because you had the black. Black, gray, at home against Arkansas. You actually wore those in Austin, too, that year, I believe, 2015. You did. 
But those jerseys didn't have stripes on the on the sleeves. Oh, they did not. But this jersey that's for sale online has a sleeve stripe like Zebby Lethridge had. So oh, a single stripe. So I don't know if there's a difference like early nineties versus late nineties. Gotcha. We'll see, I guess. But yeah, I think it I think it'll be the Zebby Lethridge nineties jerseys. Two and zero oh in those uniforms. Let's go. All right, final thoughts? Uh, great week in the Big 12. Wanted to give another shout-out to our sponsors, Cardinals, Barnett, Howard & Williams, Rahino, all three of which had a presence at the tailgate, which was a huge success until, close your ears, Iowa State fans, storm's coming. So we had to kind of like pack up the tent and at like right as we were about to do kind of a live episode out there. But we're going to give it another whirl later this season whenever we get another night game or the timing works out. Yeah, book it in your schedules. If a night game is announced, Gambling Gaucho's tailgate at Cardinals with Rojinho Barbecue. A lot of people have said coming out for Texas and Baylor, so hopefully one of those is a 6 or 7 p.m. kickoff. But truly grateful. Man, I'm just in a good mood because Texas Tech is 1-0, and and you know the opposite of that is true sometimes, and it's unhealthy when you know Tech loses to Oklahoma State or whatever, then I'm down for a week. Yeah. But, uh, hey, we're 1-0. I thought it was a great start. The tailgate was a huge success. And I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who are maybe new to us this football season or who have been here for a year plus. Uh, it's been a really fun ride to this point. And I came away from week one even more excited about the season than I was going in, which was already pretty damn excited. So let's go. Ditto. Love y'all.